On today's episode, I will be getting into part two of my Chicago Blackhawks midseason prospect rankings. I'll go over the top five prospects to crack my list right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Today is Thursday, January 26th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And real quick, if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, then please make sure to go and show some support first by following the podcast. Make sure to go and download those episodes to help me out. You can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well. For those of you who may be still unaware at this point, I will be giving away two free Blackhawks tickets to a game in the second half of the regular season. And all you have to do to qualify first You have to go and leave me a review on either Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Bonus points to those of you who leave me a five-star review. And you're also going to want to be sure to drop the name of your YouTube channel in that review because the second thing you need to do in order to qualify for the free tickets is you need to subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. You got to do both. So make sure to go do that. With every episode, having a video uploaded to YouTube as well at this point, it really only makes sense to go and subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's also 100% for free. It only takes two seconds to show some support, and it really does help your boy out tremendously. So I would greatly appreciate that. Also, make sure to go and smash that like button down below on today's video. And last but not least, go and ring the bell, turn on those push notifications, and that way you can get notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right, enough of that. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you all again for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all again for making the show your very first listen here to start off your day. I'm piggybacking off of the show that I dropped yesterday, which of course was part one of my Chicago Blackhawks midseason prospect rankings. If you haven't checked that out yet, doesn't make sense to check out part two before you go and check out part one. So if you're tuning into today's video and you haven't listened to part one yet, make sure to go and do that so you avoid all the spoilers and so that you can check out the complete list. I would really appreciate it. While you're there, make sure to go and like the video, go and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already to go and support yours truly. But yes, today I will be getting into part two of my Chicago Blackhawks midseason prospect rankings. I know the Blackhawks are in action against the Calgary Flames tonight, um, but I thought it would be better to drop this episode right after part one. For those of you who have already listened to part one, I know you're anxious to hear who's going to crack the top five. So uh, not going to be previewing today's matchup, tonight's matchup, excuse me, with the Calgary Flames, but I will be sure to recap the game on tomorrow's show. But again, it's time to get into the fun stuff here, folks. Getting into my top five Blackhawks prospects here at the midway point of the 2022-2023 regular season. Coming in at number five, I have none other than six foot seven defenseman Alex Vlasic, who also came in at number five back in my preseason Blackhawks prospect rankings. 
course, Vlasic was a second-round pick for the Blackhawks way back in 2019. That's when they drafted Kirby Doc with the third overall selection. I remember, you know, the jury being out on that pick. Really still is a debate to this day. Obviously, Trevor Zegers is the one that stands out, but he wasn't, I don't even think, on the Blackhawks' radar all that much, and plenty of teams after him also passed on Zegers. So don't just be mad at the Chicago Blackhawks for passing up that kid. Um, but I remember being really stoked about the Blackhawks selecting Vlasic in the second round because this was, you know, before they had Isaac Phillips and Ethan Del Mastro and Nolan Allen and some of the bigger bodies on the back end. This was before they had those type of defensemen in the system. That was still when we really had, you know, Ian Mitchell, Adam Boquist, Nicholas Bodan. Um, there were the smaller defensemen were the ones that the Blackhawks were, were really hoping were going to be the ones to kind of turn the cornerstone for the franchises. Duncan Keith, Brent Seabrook, uh, all those greats were on the back end of their careers. So drafting a six foot seven defensive defenseman, I thought was a really smart move by the Blackhawks front office at that time. It was just clear they needed someone with that style. They couldn't draft just shorter, offensive-minded defensemen. So when day two started way back in 2019, I can't believe how long ago this was already. Four years almost? Oh, my gosh. But I remember watching the NHL draft in my living room being like, take Alex Vlasic, take Alex Vlasic, take Alex Vlasic. I even have a tweet saved on my phone uh, before, you know, during day one of me saying, if Vlasic is there at number 43, the Blackhawks got to take him. That's exactly what happened. I remember fist pumping in my living room, being super excited about this draft pick. It's pretty crazy now that uh, it doesn't feel like four years have passed, but it feels like Vlasic has kind of not quickly risen through the rankings because he did spend three years at Boston University, but it is just crazy how time flies that fast. Um, but for Vlasic, as I mentioned, spent three years at BU. Uh, joined the Blackhawks late in the season last year and was straight came straight into the NHL after wrapping up his junior season with the Terriers. Ended up playing in 15 NHL games, scored his first goal, added an assist. I thought he got off to a little shaky start. And if you all remember correctly, Derek King wasn't really playing Alex Vlasic regularly when he first joined the Blackhawks. Uh, he was kind of regularly being healthy scratched. And then um, just after getting an opportunity and getting some more reps, there was no denying that Vlasic in the tail end of those 15 games, I would say the final six, seven, eight of them, however many, something like that. He looked like a really comfortable defensive defenseman that had found his game, has had understood and, and to his credit on the fly had kind of figured out how to be an NHL defenseman. Um, kind of surprising. I think that you know, he hasn't been up in the NHL at all this season. To be fair, he did miss some time with a fractured fibula, which, by the way, only only cost him like three weeks. I don't know <clears throat> if Alex Vlasic is secretly Superman behind closed doors, but recovering from a fractured fibula in three weeks, when that injury was first announced, I, I think all of us were kind of worried that Vlasic was going to miss a, a great portion of the rest of the season. And somehow, some way, he's already back. Uh, as I said, still a little surprising, I think, that he hasn't been in the NHL yet, but the name of the game for the Blackhawks right now is being patient. I've talked about it so many times on the show about how much this front office values what's going on down in Rockford right now. So they've kind of just left Vlasic almost, you know, complete, two completely different situations, but kind of 
giving him the Isaac Phillips or not the Isaac Phillips, the Ian Mitchell mentality, excuse me, from last season where, you know, the year prior Mitchell was kind of in between, um, probably rushed to the NHL a little too quickly. We'd all agree. And the Blackhawks front office just elected to leave him alone in Rockford, let him develop there, especially when Kyle Davidson came in. Just leave him there, let him play big minutes in all situations. Probably the best to further develop his game, considering he never had, you know, a consistent spot anywhere. Thought it was good to just kind of leave him alone, not rush him, not let him think too much about the NHL and his game, and just let him do good things down in Rockford. It sounds like they've kind of carried over that mentality to Alex Vlasic this season. Uh, but all in all, he's got seven points in 29 AHL games, one goal and six assists. But I, I'm really stoked about this this kid. I, I think I was kind of in between having him come in at number five or Isaac Phillips. I think they're both kind of right there in the pecking order. The thing for me about Vlasic is um, for, for Isaac Phillips, Luke Richardson talked about this when he first uh, – when, when he came up in his most recent stint, how he wanted to be more aggressive and more tough to play against in the defensive zone. Vlasic isn't, you know, the most overtly physical defenseman, even for being six foot seven, but he's got such a long reach. It felt like that type of game kind of came a little bit more comfortable to him being six foot seven, at least in my opinion. Um, but those guys, I think they're, they're both neck and neck at this point. But Vlasic has been has been really impressive going back to development camp over the summer. Uh, kind of surprising that he was even there in the first place, considering he had finished the end of last season up in the NHL and played 15 games there looking good in the second half of that stretch. Kind of surprising that he was at prospect development camp, uh, but it was it was pretty clear that he was the most. He was the furthest along in the development process at that camp. He was the sharpest. He was making quick plays. Um, just just looked to be a step ahead of most of the fellow Blackhawks prospects that were on the ice there. So even though Vlasic hasn't popped up in the NHL yet this season, uh, it could happen in the second half at some point. And if it doesn't, it surely, his time will come surely at the beginning of next year. So I'm super excited about Alex Vlasic. I love his reach. I love his length. Um, again, I thought he got more and more comfortable as he got more and more games last season think it is a good idea to let him develop in Rockford with this, you know, being his first full professional season. Uh, so don't be discouraged if we don't see Vlasic, if he winds up not getting called up by the Blackhawks this year, I think he still has a really, um, a really bright future ahead of him. Coming in now at number four on my Blackhawks midseason prospect rankings, is none other than goaltender Arvid Soderbloom, 23 years old. He's going to be 24 in August, and he's been nothing short of incredible since coming over to North America. Last year with the Rockford Ice Hogs, was voted uh, the co-team MVP along with Lucas Reichel, and just came in and immediately became the anchor in net for the Ice Hogs. I don't know if anyone had too high of expectations for Soderbloom. He was kind of uh, you know, he, he was a prospect that people were trying, a lot of teams were trying to get and trying to nab out of Sweden during that free agency class. But I don't think anyone really knew all that much about him, but he had some professional experience over in Sweden, comes over to the Rockford Ice Hogs and immediately looked like he could be, you know, part of the future in goal for the Blackhawks. And I thought it was kind of I don't want to say funny. I don't know if that's the word for it, but when Soderbloom got called up last year, right around 
uh, I think it was New Year's Day, actually, because the Blackhawks had two goaltenders out at that point, and he was just clearly in over his head, wasn't ready for the NHL at that point. And I remember people bashing Soderbloom for like looking bad as a 21-year-old netminder. It just didn't make much sense to me. The kid was clearly um, not ready to be in that situation at that age. And I mean, most goaltenders aren't. There aren't very many goaltenders that are in the NHL at 21, 22. That's, you know, it's the position that takes the longest to develop. You just need those reps. I talked about it yesterday with Drew Comesso. Um, but then he went back down to Rockford and was remarkable for the Ice Hogs in their short-lived playoff run. He was the reason, though, that uh, they got through that first-round series with the Texas Stars, just some incredible goaltending. And even against the Chicago Wolves in the second round, even though they got completely outplayed, Soderblom was facing, like, no joke, 45 to 50 shots a game and was doing his best to keep the score from being as ugly as possible. And since the end of last year, he's followed that up with uh, kind of a, an injury plague campaign so far this year, which has uh, kind of been a common theme for the entire goaltender position in net for the Blackhawks, which led to Soderblom spending a good chunk of the first half up in the NHL. And while his numbers aren't pretty, he's got a 2-10-2 and record with a 3.45 goals against average and 894 save percentage in 15 games. There were a lot of those where he kept the Blackhawks alive due to his play in before Stalock went on this recent run, this was when he went down after suffering a concussion against the Islanders. Uh, Soderbloom had looked like, you know, the best netminder for the Blackhawks this season, despite only being 23 years old. So uh, obviously Stalock, Stalock has since come back and really earned that starter's job and been one of the bright spots for the Blackhawks this season. But for Soderbloom to even be in that contention again in just his second year over in North America, um, I think that tells you about the type of ceiling that this kid could have in just a couple of years. And he, I know I had him at number eight in my prospect rankings at the beginning of the season, but at the end of the following year, I had Soderboom as high as number three because he really impressed me with what he did during the Ice Hawks playoff run. So I really do believe he has super high upside, good size and technique. He's six foot three, doesn't make a ton of mistakes, good positioning. Um, nothing that's like there there isn't one attribute of his that stands out, but I think he's just kind of a, a well-rounded, well-rounded netminder that has a, a really bright future and has flashed some impressive stuff in his first two years over in North America. Hopefully he'll be able uh to kind of go on a better run with the Ice Hawks. He just hasn't been in a consistent place all season long. He's dealt with injury. His numbers in the AHL aren't very good. Um, but I think that's kind of a product of the situation that he's been going through so far this year. So hopefully he can kind of stabilize his game down in the AHL because if the Rockford Ice Hogs have him rocking and rolling, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with come the postseason. And I really do believe that Arvid Soderblom could be the future in net for the Chicago Blackhawks. I know Drew Comesso has kind of looked at that guy for a while and he's still going to be in contention for that. But I don't think, you know, they're on two different levels at this point. But from what I've seen, Arvid Soderbloom do at the NHL and AHL level already. I had no choice but to put him higher than Comesso, and I do think he's the one with the higher ceiling. All right, there are numbers five and four on my Chicago Blackhawks midseason prospect rankings. Coming up in just a moment, I will get into numbers three and two 
But first, I need to talk to you all about FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here. There are just four teams remaining, and we're super stoked about our new sports betting partner for Lockdown because they're the number one sports book in America right now. It's FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, then that's even better because they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers, you can join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. All you got to do is just sign up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a larger payout with the same game parlay feature, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Real quick, just wanted to say thank you again to everyone out there for making the show your very first listen here to start off your day. Now for your second listen, make sure to go and check out a very relevant podcast for us Blackhawks fans, which is Lockdown NHL Prospects, your daily podcast covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the 2023 NHL draft. Plus, you'll also get NHL draft rankings and top prospect comparisons for every Every single team. So make sure to go and check out Lockdown NHL Prospects right now. Available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Segment two, let's get right back to where we left off prior to the commercial break, folks. Coming in at number three on my Chicago Blackhawks midseason prospect rankings. Getting into the good stuff here, although I don't think my final three rankings are going to shock anyone. Coming in at number three is none other than forward Frank Nazar who I also had at number three in my midseason prospect rankings. He was the 13th overall pick in the 2022 NHL draft. Blackhawks received that pick as part of a package in exchange for Kirby Dock from the Montreal Canadiens. And Nazar was a standout for the United States national development team last year, tallying over a point per game. He also did that for the program the year prior. And getting a first look of this kid at prospect development camp. First off, I got to say, I was standing right next to him, which was kind of cool. He was walking out of Fifth Third Arena with some of his friends and family. I didn't say much. I didn't want to bother him. I know that, you know, he, he's probably getting flush with media and friends and family. This was just a couple weeks after the Blackhawks drafted him. So I knew life had kind of been a whirlwind. I also wanted to respect that he was with his family. I didn't want to bother them, but just standing next to Frank Nazar, for those of you who know me, I'm not a tall person, but he was like an inch or two taller than me, a small kid, 18 years old, looked like he could have been 16, just a huge smile on his face. Um, it was kind of funny seeing, you know, that this kid, wow, he just went 13th overall and he looks like he could be like, not a knock on Frankie, I'm sorry, but it looks like he can be a junior in high school, just a nice kid out there having fun. Um but on the ice, there was no denying that this kid had game. He was buzzing all over the place during Blackhawks prospect development camp. High motor, high octane, good speed, flying up and down, seemingly provides energy each and every shift. And the thing that I was impressed with the most about Nazar was, and I had heard about this when the Blackhawks drafted him, one reason 
you know, despite being five foot ten, a buck seventy, a reason why he was, um, even though he went thirteenth overall, there were kind of some analysts and uh, scouts and people who do cover the NHL draft thinking he could creep into the top ten possibly, and a big reason for that was because even though he didn't have great size, he has a lion's heart, and he doesn't let that size stop him from playing the game the way that he wants to play it, aka getting into the dirty areas, going to the front of the net, getting uh, involved in board battles and scrums. And that type of ability and willingness at a a young age to want to do those things was really impressive to me to go along with the robust skill set that he has when the puck is on his stick. He's a really sharp playmaker, kind of seems more so of a pass first guy than more of a pure goal scorer, but don't get it twisted. He's got a good shot and he can beat you with the wrister as well. Um, So his all around package, it feels like Frank Nazar has the ability to be a complete two way, maybe not a top line player. I mean, I'd love for him to be a top line player. Don't get me wrong, but if he could be a second line player that can kind of do everything and provide good offense, 50, 60, 70 points would be lovely. Um, don't want to, you know, put the ceiling too high at this point, but I I do think Frank Nazar has the ability to be that type of player. Unfortunately, he's been robbed of his freshman season at the university of Michigan has not played a game for the Wolverine so far this year. And let me tell you, I know a lot of Blackhawks fans out there were super stoked to see what this kid was going to be able to do on that team alongside potential future Blackhawks prospect. Adam Fantilli, who's expected to go number two overall, right behind Connor Bedard in the 2023 NHL draft. If you want to hear more about Adam Fantilli and Connor Bedard, make sure to go and check out the Locked On NHL Prospects podcast. Quick plug for the folks over there at Locked On NHL Prospects. Um, but yeah, a really tough scenario for Frank Nazar, not able to play this year. It's a lower body injury. Injuries in hockey are so vague. I believe he underwent surgery on his knee. Maybe I'm wrong. It could be a wrist injury. I should have done my homework on that before I mentioned it. I apologize. I'm going to have to look it up right now because it's going to drive me crazy if I don't know. But to be fair, this did happen a few months ago, and we really haven't heard much about it. Uh, It is a lower body injury for Nazar. All right. Glad we can clear that up. But yeah, timeline out for the significant future. Could even miss the entire season for Michigan. And uh, it sucks to be robbed of that because this, I, I really think it was going to be a standout and massive year for Nazar. And he also would have been a big part of that Wolverines roster, probably playing a top six spot with his, you know, offensive and all around skill set. So stinks that we haven't been able to see Frankie, Frank the tank, as I like to call him uh, so far at all the season since the Blackhawks drafted him in game action. The hope is just that the lower body injury, hopefully it won't be something that stunts or hurts his development or impacts his skating moving forward. I really hope that that's not the case because this kid would be a lot of fun to watch. And I think he'd win over a lot of Blackhawks fans with the way that he wins the game. The upside is very obvious with Frank Nazar. If you've watched him at all during that development camp or watched what he did for the development program, he's an impact player all over the ice. Now it's just kind of whether or not he'll be able to still do that after the injury, knock on wood. I hope that's the case. We know what the ceiling is. That's why I have Frank Nazar, Frank the Tank, remaining at number three in my midseason prospect rankings.
Coming in at number two now, getting down to the final two, I did have to give this one a good thought again, folks. But I elected to have forward Lucas Reichel come in at number two. Once again, he was number two in my preseason prospect rankings as well. First round pick for the Blackhawks back in 2020, 17th overall. Been a stud in the AHL the last two years. He's got 37 points in 37 games this year, 14 goals, 23 assists. He was a point per game guy as a rookie in the AHL last year. And of course, he was recently called up by the Blackhawks and played and looked pretty dominant uh, on the top line to help the Blackhawks win three consecutive games. He tallied three points in those three victories, also netted his first career NHL goal against the Calgary Flames, who the Blackhawks are taking on tonight in Calgary, 8 p.m. Central Time puck drop, by the way. Unfortunately, the Blackhawks made the decision to send Lucas Reichel back to the AHL, which we've talked about already. I do understand it. Front office likes what's going on down there. Reichel can kind of go and be the head honcho, be the leader of the charge, if you will. I agree with that decision, but there's also no denying that he could probably be an impact top six player for the Blackhawks in the NHL right now. Uh, He's got an incredible overall skill set, really good speed, and I, I think his playmaking ability in transition and the confidence that he had with the puck on his stick in this past stint was the thing that stood out to me the most in comparison to his previous NHL stints. Uh, He just looks so much more confident with the puck on his stick. And whenever he had the puck skating with speed in the neutral zone, it felt like something good was going to happen for the Blackhawks. So we continue to see what we have been seeing down in Rockford the past couple of seasons. We hadn't seen it up in the NHL in his first, first stint last year, the one game he played in Boston earlier this season. We hadn't seen it at the NHL level yet, but in those three games, Lucas Reichel fully burst onto the scene and I think flashed some of the star potential that that he has uh, in his arsenal. I mean, I, I don't want to overhype him, but I've been excited for Reichel the past few seasons because he just looks like he keeps getting better and better and better. And he's still only 20 years old. He's not going to turn 21 until May. Like, this kid is still very, very young and and still early in the entire process. And hopefully, you know, Lucas Reichel will be one of those guys at 27, 28 years old, who's going to feel like he's been around for 20 years at that point, at this point, because, you know, he came over to North America a year earlier than even he expected. What he said to the media when the Blackhawks first drafted him is that he was going to spend two more years over in Germany, ended up only spending one, comes over a year early, 18, 19 years old, makes his NHL debut. Uh, pretty crazy how, how Reichel has handled that the past couple of years. And again, he just keeps looking better and better and better. So I, I think he's going to be a really, really solid piece of the puzzle for the Blackhawks in the future. It was really awesome to see him finally get the monkey off his back and showcase Blackhawks fans that he is capable of doing this kind of stuff, not just in Rockford, but up in the NHL as well. And again, He's only 20 years old. I really do think the sky's the limit for Lucas Reichel. One of the low-key, brightest prospects, I think, in the entire NHL right now. I don't know how many other teams are really hearing the buzz about Lucas Reichel, but I think he has the ability to be a top-line player for the Blackhawks one day. I, I really 
thought about putting him at number one. He's been at number one uh, prior to the 2022 NHL draft. It's it's clear that he's the top forward that the Blackhawks have in their prospect pool at this point. All right, folks, without further ado, we've reached that point. Shouldn't be surprising right now, but coming in at number one is defenseman Kevin Korchinski, who also came in at number one for me back in my preseason Blackhawks prospect rankings. The first of three first-round selections by the Blackhawks in the 2022 NHL draft. He went seventh overall. The Blackhawks acquired that pick along with the 39th overall selection, which turned into forward prospect Paul Ludwinski from the Ottawa Senators as part of the Alex DeBrinket trade. And no doubt, when that trade went down, I think a lot of folks, um, including myself, not there, there's no denying it, were not happy about the type of return that the Blackhawks got. I thought they were going to get multiple first-round picks for Alex Dabrinkit. To get only one, sure, it did come at number seven in the top ten. But I think everyone was kind of stunned that the Blackhawks didn't get more because it felt like they didn't necessarily have to trade Alex Dabrinkit, although it would probably be the right time to capitalize on value, to be fair to Kyle Davidson. But everyone, I think, said um, that it wasn't enough. But to make the pill, what's made the pill easier to swallow, folks, and what has kind of helped shut down those talks is just how good Kevin Korchinski has looked since joining the Blackhawks organization. And the best, the best asset of his is undoubtedly the elite, elite. It, it's not just elite. It's elite elite skating ability. I mean, I, I've gone to Blackhawks prospect camps. I've watched them at practice. I've been to probably close to 50 to 100 Blackhawks games in my life. Uh, I don't know how many players I've seen with the skating ability of Kevin Korchinski. And that's not just prospects. That's current NHLers and prospects. This kid can absolutely fly. He gets up and down the ice in a hurry, and he knows how to use that speed to his and his team's advantage. One thing that stood out to me immediately is how Korchinski loves jumping up on the rush and transition to give his team an odd man breaker, to be the trailer, uh, the, the last man into the offensive zone that's open when the team's heading the other way with possession. And also, the great part about his skating ability is, sure, from time to time, He's going to get caught up the ice, which is honestly okay because he does have uh, game-changing playmaking abilities and can really help your team offensively with that ability. Part of that, you know, he is going to get caught from time to time. But he also has the speed to get back and recover if his team gets in trouble. He can go and recover on the fly and get back so quick to take away an odd man rush from the other team and go and give his other defensemen some support. That's what really has impressed me about Kevin Korchinski is how his skating ability lets him be free out there on the ice and lets him kind of be the roamer uh, that he wants to be. He wants to help the game offensively. It's kind of funny. I remember talking with Brandon Piller from Lockdown Senators uh, as part of our Lockdown NHL draft coverage. He was really the prospect guy. Um, but I remember him calling Kevin Korchinski an offenseman because it's just the game that he wants to play. There are some defensive concerns and 
no doubt about it, he's going to have to get stronger, not only in that area, but also physically. I think he's like a, a buck 60, a buck 70 at this point. And uh, he, he's got pretty good size at six foot two. So um, if he can add some more muscle, that's certainly going to go a long way to helping him develop that other side of his game. But the offense and the offensive instincts and the playmaking abilities, they're undeniable. And at 18 years old, Kevin Korchinski, I know it was the NHL preseason, but he came into the lineup immediately and looked like he was one of the Blackhawks' best defensemen. I mean, he looked awesome in the preseason and had people wondering if the Blackhawks would consider uh, having him hang around. Now, again, they really don't want to be rushing any of the prospects at this point. There's no reason for them to do that. Uh, so they elected to send Kevin Korchinski back to the Seattle Thunderbirds. But, I mean, if they were in a different position, if they were a team that was needing another big play defenseman and they were ready to be contending for the Stanley Cup playoffs, it would have been a more intriguing conversation whether or not Kevin Korchinski would have stuck around following training camp. But they ultimately elected to send him back to Seattle, but he's been going absolutely bananas there for the Seattle Thunderbirds. He's got 37 points, five goals, and 32 assists in 28 WHL games and playing on the top defensive pairing all season long as he did last year when he was one of the best defensemen in the entire league. And what's really cool too is talked about this with some of the other prospects in part one of my midseason rankings. The Thunderbirds have gone out and acquired Nolan Allen from the Prince Albert Raiders, and they've acquired Colton Dock from the Kelowna Rockets. Dock obviously is still working his way back from injury, but if he's able to get healthy sometime soon here, there could be three Blackhawks prospects on an absolutely loaded Seattle Thunderbirds team. I mean, they also went and added Dylan Gunther, who scored the golden goal for Team Canada. Seattle is making a charge to go for it all this season, and it's going to be a lot of fun to see multiple Blackhawks prospects on that roster. And Kevin Korchinski is going to be playing a huge role on the back end for Seattle. Uh, also, he got good experience at the World Juniors this past year. Didn't play too big of a role, but not that, sh uh, not that surprising, I should say, being one of the younger players on the team in the semifinals in the gold medal game. Uh, he really didn't play all that much, truthfully, but I do still believe it's going to be good experience for him, and uh, he will be back for them next year, uh, probably as a top-line defenseman if everything goes well, knock on wood, and will hopefully go on to dominate that tournament. So, yeah, the, I, I'm super excited about Kevin Korchinski. The skating is just you got to go see it in person, Blackhawks fans, really. This kid can absolutely fly. I remember seeing him for the first time like, whoa. I don't know when the last time the Blackhawks had a prospect like this. I'm I'm really pumped for Kevin Korchinski, and hey, he could even be an NHL or possibly next season. And the thing about the thing that I'm I'm jumbling my words here. One thing to think about here is that he won't be eligible for the AHL. He can either go back to the Seattle Thunderbirds or he can be in the NHL with the Blackhawks. He can't play for the Rockford Icehawks. It's one of those weird clauses in the contract. Like when Kirby Doc was called up, he could either go back to the Saskatoon Blades, or he could be in the NHL. It was one or the other. So that's the situation they're going to be in with Kevin Korchinski next year. Maybe with them being so patient right now, they do let him play a fifth year in the WHL. But at the same time, he's probably not going to have much to prove there. 
Um, two dominant seasons, had one last year in the midst of another one this season. Kevin Korchinski could be an NHL or next season, Blackhawks fans. I don't think that's crazy to say, considering what he's done the last two years in the WHL. So it, it was tough kind of deciding who I wanted at one and two, but ultimately with that skating ability and game-changing skating ability, I should say, I th- I think Kevin Korchinski at at peak ceiling, I think he has the higher ceiling than Lucas Reichel. It was tough, but there is no doubt Kevin Korchinski is the best defenseman prospect in the Blackhawks system, and Lucas Reichel is the top forward prospect in the entire system. However you want to rank them, that's up to you. I elected to leave it the same as I had back at the beginning of the season with Korchinski at one and Reichel at two. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Thursday, January 26th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Make sure if you're not already to go and follow the show for 100% for free wherever you get your podcast and go and subscribe to Locked On Blackhawks on YouTube. Don't forget, you got to do that to be eligible for those two free tickets that I'll be giving away. Make sure to do that right now and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each and every day. Once again, thank you all for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, that's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.